Welcome to episode number 13 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Today we're going to talk about creating a trifecta of awesomeness for your divorce. Are you ready? Hit the music. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, aka the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to yet another show of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. So glad you can join me today. Today's guest, Honore Cordor. She is the author of dozens of books, including her latest one, Stop Trying So Effing Hard, You Must Write a Book. Also, the Prosperous Write a Book series, Like a Boss book series, Vision to Reality, Business Dating, the Successful Single Mom book series. I mean, it just keeps on going. But the one that's most relevant for today's conversation, if divorce is a game, these are the rules. Additionally, she's the co-creator of the Miracle Morning book series with Hal Elrod. Honoré passionately coaches business professionals, writers, and aspiring nonfiction authors who want to publish their books to bestseller status, create a platform, and develop multiple streams of income. She runs Empire Builders Mastermind as one of her many, many activities, and she does all sorts of other magical things, and her badassery is legendary. I love that word, badassery. You can find more about her at her website, honorecorder.com. Let's welcome our guest for today, Honore Cordor. Honore, how are you today? Fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm very excited to have you on the show. I think this is going to be really exciting and engaging for the listeners. Um, and for people who just aren't super familiar with you, give a really brief background about who you are and kind of how you got to this place. So I, um, I'm an author. I write books for a living. I'm a full-time author and I do some other magical things also. Um, I kind of started my journey because of a divorce. Um, so thank you, divorce process. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know. I, I, yes. Um, I'm not the divorce process, but. <laughs> right. Well, I, I went through a divorce unexpectedly with a two-year-old uh, little girl. And as some people know, and some people are going to find out, when you go through a divorce, you have the option to reset your life and reinvent yourself in a in a way that no other situation really gives you other than when you're first starting out. So I started, um, I had my own business and then I started doing some business coaching and then I started speaking and then I started writing books. And eventually, you know, the thing that you write about is the thing that you either wanted to read when you needed it most or the thing that you want to learn about. And I started writing books for single moms, and then I wrote a book on divorce, and then I wrote another book on divorce, and that's. <laughs> and then I I did some, I had some divorce coaches for a while because I created a coaching program for folks going through divorce because I, being a coach, I'm more focused on going forward or moving forward than on therapy. Although I did lots of therapy and find therapy incredibly wonderful and beneficial, um, but the way I'm wired, I like the coaching process for myself and, and to help other people. And I'm not a therapist, so I couldn't, I couldn't therapize anybody. <laughs> I, therapize, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't therapize anybody, but I could coach them through the process and just talk to them about what worked for me. And so that's what I did. Now, how long were you married uh, when you got divorced? I was married for seven years. Seven years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you said when you were divorced, your daughter was two, right? Correct. How, uh, how was that process on your daughter at such a young age? Um, her dad had not been around. He was a military officer, so he was gone a good bit of the time. So her time with him up to that point had been limited anyway. Um, I think her emotional reaction was based on my emotional reaction because kids really feel, right? They... Um, they are intuitive. So she Very, felt yeah. my, my discomfort and my, um, all of the disses, <laughs> my, dis <laughs> my disenchantment, <laughs> right? All the things that were, um, 
bothering me. She felt those. She right. felt those uh, on a different level. And I think it is, it, she has lived a different life because of that, because of that divorce. Um, some of the, some of the things have been great and some of them have not been so great. I mean, go, being a child of divorce and having that, uh, those particular set of circumstances for her have been tough and she's had her own therapy and her own coaching and, and her own journey, her own process to go through. And I'll say on the other side of it, for anyone who's listening and they're like, oh, my kids too, I really believe you only need one fantastic parent, right? I think your kids really only need one fantastic parent. So if they don't have two, at least they have one. Or if they have two that aren't together, that can co-parent and behave themselves, then that's also great. Right. I mean, I, I think, I think it's definitely, you know, two, I guess, is an ideal situation, but if you don't have two and you have one, it can be done. That kind of rhymes, but yes. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. There's absolutely no reason. They're going to turn out fine. Your kids are going to turn out just fine. You're going to turn out just fine. And probably in the midst of it there, you're going to go through some muck. Well, of course we all go through muck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just part of life. I think, um, was your divorce and was there any, was it contested as far as the custody goes? No, not till after, not till after I was divorced. Okay. So that's, we had that's an uncontested. Possible. Yeah. We had an uncontested divorce. Um, he wanted the divorce. He had found um, other interesting things to do and moved right out. And I didn't hear from him for a few years. And then we heard from him again when he realized that I was doing okay. He wanted to get custody and some money. So we had quite an interesting visit to court a couple of times. So you had your battle over custody kind of happened after the fact. Correct. Um, but but it, it sounds like it happened and um now that and that's interesting because I'm gonna wear my attorney's hat here for a second. Yeah, go for it. After you know, once the divorce is finalized. Yes. Um, coming back a few years later, even not, we're not even talking six months, a few years. No. Yep. And then saying, okay, here I am. Let's change things. Um, or let's kind of rewind time a little bit. I just, I think I want this now instead of that, that, that probably is a really uphill battle from him. Well, it was interesting because it was my ex-wife is doing really well financially. So I wish I hadn't divorced her, but I did. So what I want is full custody of our daughter. So there were some false allegations made. And um, we ended up having a court-appointed therapist because the judge just wasn't buying it. The judge was just like, this does not make any sense to me. You haven't seen her consistently for a few years. All of a sudden, you're throwing out some allegations against your ex-wife and you want full custody. So I'm going to appoint this therapist in charge of the situation who um, my daughter had already been seeing. Because I knew enough to know that I needed help with my daughter, right? I needed a professional to help me to help her to navigate the situation. Sure. Right. Because where's my dad? Boy, honey, I can't really explain it to you, but I can tell you it doesn't have anything to do with you. And kids don't not take that personally. Right. Right. Everybody else's dad's coming to the, the, the Christmas pageant. Why is my dad not coming? Yep. So I had her in therapy. So she got, this therapist got put in charge and she called it as, as she saw it and everything worked out fine. It was just interesting because my attorney literally said he was the best attorney where I lived in Las Vegas and he was out of my league, but he was not out of the league of my clients. And so I went to him and he said, you don't need me. And I said, I've got a blank check here. I can fill it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I want to send a message. I wanted to send a message that this wasn't going to work. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but it, it's like, you're happy to let you be a, a parent, but not happy to play games. And so his lawyer was not even in the list yet because just had passed the bar. And my lawyer was well known to the court. So the court kind of just went, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is, it is what it is. We've seen this before, and please. <laughs> right, exactly. So, well, that's great. I'm, and I'm glad that all worked out because I would imagine it should work out that way. Um, you know, especially years later, um, 
so for people listening, you know, even though things can happen after the fact, um, it's a lot harder once the divorce is finalized to go back and try to change things. Although it is yeah. possible, but um, right, right, know. get it done. Get it done in, in the beginning. Make your make your agreement in the beginning, and don't settle just to get the divorce over. I hear that a lot. Like I just, I don't care what I give up. I just want to sign the papers and be done with it. But sometimes you're giving up something that later you wish you had been a little patient about. The lesson that I wish that I had gotten sooner than later was I let it keep me up at night. I was incredibly worried about what was happening. And my attorney would say, look, I can promise you anything, but I can tell you that this is how this is seen, right? So don't let me handle this. You go about your business and I'll go about my business. This is my job. I'll take care of this. And instead of delegating that, I held onto it emotionally and I let it upset me. Well, and that's, that's human nature. I mean, I've said that so many times to my clients too. And, you know, it's easier said than done, you know, from the client perspective, this is your life, right? This is your, ch- Correct. your child. Correct. So, you know, this is not just another piece of paper. It's not just another file that, you know, the attorney is, and I'm, I, and I, don't, I don't mean this in a cold way against the attorney, but, you know, when he goes home at night, he's leaving it in the office this is all encompassing and you're living every second of every day with all this stuff. So you don't, you shouldn't have to apologize for, you know, not sleeping at night. I probably wouldn't sleep at night if I were in your shoes too. No, I just was speaking to the person who was going through a legal battle and was living in it in the moment, in the moment, in the moment and letting it affect everything about their life. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Like that was the lesson I wish I had learned sooner was that it is all going to work out. And worrying about it isn't going to change the situation. It's just going to change your day. <laughs> yeah, well, right. <laughs> it's going to ruin your day today. And no, you know, no day is guaranteed. So enjoy this day. Even if you're in the midst of this challenging situation, your kids are going to be great. Cherish those moments with your kids. Cherish the moments without your kids, right? Cherish right, the silence, right. especially if you're a mom. Getting silence is a... Is, is a you know, is a prize. <laughs> I have a four-year-old girl, so I know. <laughs> so there you have it. Yeah, that's the, that, that was just my, my thought to pass on is that sometimes we get wrapped up in the drama of the moment. Oh, and, yeah. I and mean, it's really stressful. It causes us to lose sleep and to miss magic moments that we might have otherwise have cherished. And I'm just speaking for myself. When I was in that, right, I got the papers on a Friday evening and I couldn't talk to anyone because it was, you know, the weekend. And so it ruined my whole weekend. Right. And, and I'm sure that wasn't just coincidental timing. Correct. Um, yeah, it, that's, it's a great message to send out there. And it's, it is easier said than done, but it is possible. And I always tell people, you got to train yourself to, to think that way and act that way. And, you know, therapy is a great resource to, to do that. And I, Correct. I'm, I'm Absolutely. So, I'm so big on therapy. I'm always pushing it. Um, and um, so that's all great that I'm glad you're kind of endorsing all of that stuff. Now, did you say that when you were going through your divorce, you also had a divorce coach or did I, I might've misheard that. No, I had a therapist you when I was therapist. going through my divorce. I didn't know about divorce coaching. My divorce was in the mid 2000s. So it was a long time ago. Yeah, divorce coaches are, are more of a newer newer phenomenon, if you want to call Correct. it that. Yes. Um, it's, and they're popping up all over the place, it seems like. Um, and But you have had, and you've written about this, about the benefits of having a divorce coach and, you know, why it's important. And so I want to hear a little bit more about that. You know, what's your what's your view on divorce coaches versus – yeah, you know, attorneys and other other people that might be involved in the process. Sure. Well, I think you need a nice strong bench when you're going through any traumatic situation, and a and a divorce is right up there on the scale of trauma. I'd um, say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think an attorney serves the role of handling the legal process, and I know from talking to attorneys that they sometimes get into the the weeds a little bit. The client wants to discuss. The, the he did this or she did that or she said this or she was supposed to or he was supposed to or you know whatever and the attorney's job is not to know the story the attorney's job is to 
facilitate the separation, right? Exactly. And it's from an attorney's point of view, it's hard. You know, I always tell my clients this or, you know, I'll talk to you for as long as you want. Um, and you can talk to me and I'll wear my pretend therapist hat, but I'm not a professional therapist. You know, I minored in psychology in college. And if I wasn't an attorney, I'd probably be one. But it was, it was those damn statistic courses. But right. I, uh, you know, and so I'll, I'll play therapist with you all day. But then when you get the legal bill at the end of the month, don't come crying to me. You know, I'd much rather Correct. you spend that right. time right. And, and your resources with a, a licensed therapist who can actually, you know, really do some good stuff for you. Right, um, right. So while you have your ther- while you have your attorney whose job is the legal aspect, then you have your therapist who can help you figure out what what were the events that led up to who you are today, and how do you heal some of those wounds and fix some of the hitches in your giddy up, right? Exactly. Because you got here, you you know, I always, if everyone say, oh, wow, you know, he sounds terrible. And it's like, well, I picked him. I picked him. And it's no surprise given the fact that I was a foster kid and I lived in a children's home and my dad was, an, you know, abusive and he was a, you know, he wasn't an alcoholic, but his dad, you know, my grandfather was. So he had some of those attributes. It's no, no wonder I chose Prince Charming number one, right? <laughs> like, it's not shocking. Right? It's like textbook. Oh, yes, Honore, you were chapter 34, right? So it all makes sense now. Yes, it all makes sense now. And in, in retrospect, because I didn't heal those wounds before I went into a relationship, it's no surprise, right? It's no surprise who we end up with if we do some self-analysis, which by the way, sucks. Therapy sucks, which is why people don't want to do it because it's looking at yourself with, through, some tr- through some truth goggles and saying, wow, right? Like, where's my responsibility? Where's my ownership in this situation? So then on the other side, we have the divorce coach and the divorce coach is like your business coach or your life coach. This is where do you want to go from today going forward? A coach is putting together the plan and helping you to put in place what needs to be done, the action steps, the goals, and the action steps that support the goals in order to move you forward. So a therapist can help you heal the wounds and a coach can help you say, okay, well, I have this vision, right? I mean, no, I don't think anybody gets married until, you know, I change my mind, right? It's until death do us part. And you probably said it in front of God and everybody, at least I did, right? It was like, ooh, till death do us part. And then all of a sudden yep. it was like, whoa, wait a minute. But I said, <laughs> till <laughs> death do us part, I meant that for the record. And now I have to come up with a new vision because I have this vision of, sitting on this on the porch in the swing holding hands and watching the grandkids play in the in the front yard right so that was the vision now that vision has been shattered and sometimes it's after 5 years and sometimes it's after 25 years right i hear a lot of that i hear a lot of the kids are gone and now we have nothing in common so we get divorced after 25 years whole new vision that has to be put in place and you don't really know how to do that because you had this old one for a long time And that's what was pulling you forward. So a divorce coach can help you to figure out where you want to go. And then how do you get there? Absolutely. And um, so from from what it sounds like, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, you tell me if I am, (laughs) but a divorce coach is a pretty important part of the divorce team. Oh, I think that there it's one member of the trifecta of awesomeness, right? You've got to have an attorney or at least someone to guide you through the legal process, right? You, you, it's really important to heal those wounds because any therapist will say a couple of things, right? One is it's going to be two years before from the date of divorce from when you should consider getting into another relationship. You need to heal those wounds. You need to figure out what's what and who's who and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. you need a therapist to help you go through that because how many people are like, well, I've already met someone awesome. And it's like, that's a rebound person. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it's not going to last. Like, right. okay, no, no, but this is the one. Okay, but I'm just telling you, like, I wanted to be different too. I didn't like him either at the end. I thought for sure my two-year clock started much earlier. It didn't. Sorry. Yeah. Right. No, you got to put in the work. and Yeah, and- you got to put in the work. And then, but the third person is that coach, right? That person who you can call and you can say, you know what? I'm not feeling it today. Give me some words of inspiration because your therapist is there to help you heal. They're not necessarily going to inspire you. That's what your coach is for. 
Right. Your coach is the one that's going to be like, come on, you can absolutely do this. You can get back out there. You can go make new friends. You can go back to school. You can start a new business. You can reinvent yourself. And I can, I'll walk through this process with you. Exactly. They're like, you're a cheerleader when you need it. Exactly. Yes. Although I don't have pom-poms, but I do cheer. But. Okay, excellent. <laughs> no judgment. Right, right. Don't judge me. Yeah, there's no judgment. If you don't have pom-poms, you can certainly get some. And if you have them, there's no judgment. I'm but I love, you, I, I love how you said the uh, trifecta of awesomeness. Uh, can I use that? Of course. Absolutely. I, I love that. That, that Absolutely. just trifecta well, of awesomeness. Divorce awesome. coaching is new. Divorce coaching is new. I did not have one. I went through my therapy and when my therapist, you know, got a hold of me, she was like, dear God, like this is going to take five years. And I just looked at her and I was like, lady, I don't have five years. <laughs> Throw the book at me. Literally give me whatever I need to do and I will do it. We'll do the express therapy. We'll do the express. Well, I just committed to, to a weekly process where I was in it for that entire day. I'd go to a meeting and then I'd go to therapy and then I would spend the rest of the day doing exercises while my daughter was at school. Okay, that's good. Committed to because I had one year before I had to move um, because I was a military wife and I was in Hawaii. So I had one year before my move would expire. And I found a really great therapist who was a systems therapist, if that makes sense to anyone. Right. And so she explained to me my family system and why I had where I why I was who I was and where I was and what the good was. There was some good stuff that had come out of my upbringing. And there was some not so good stuff that had come from my upbringing. And I wanted to kind of figure it out. I didn't, my, one of my girlfriends had said to me, you know what, if you don't do the work, you just marry the same person again. Well, that's it. You we're, just we're repeat in. it. You just, re, you just repeat it. And I was like, well, that sounds awful. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, we're, we're creatures of habit. Yes. Right. And, and we're we were, we yeah, we, yeah, we repeat the same mistakes unless we learn. Correct. And I have a, 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 an incredible husband. We've been married for 10 years. It's, I'm a completely different person. He's a completely different person than my first husband. And so there you have it, right? So it is possible. Oh, it's it definitely possible. It took a possible. tremendous amount of work. It took a tremendous amount of work. There was a lot of self-reflection and a lot of crying, a lot of crying, all the crying. Well, that's it. You work <laughs> crying out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right it was all cried out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, these, these people and, and going through, you know, I, I've learned and I try to preach, you know, there's just really most of the time, no quick fix to, to all this stuff that, you know, somebody goes through when they're going through a divorce and, you know, the legal side of it, it could take, you know, in upwards of a year, sometimes a lot longer, depending on what we're dealing with. I've seen divorces, unfortunately go on for, you know, three plus years, but, you know, the legal side takes time, the, the emotional side takes time, and you got to just invest, invest in yourself, uh, invest in the process, and, and then hopefully you'll come out uh, better on the other side. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and just, just take it one day at a time. Exactly. One day at a time, live in the now. But, and and I, I always tell people who get kind of... Uh, buried in the muck, you know, uh, or the mud of, of the divorce, you know, look at the big picture, right? Think about your future because one day it will be over. And what do you want your future to look like? And keep that in mind. Keep that as motivation um, for getting through the hard times. Exactly. Exactly. And then get your, get your team around you. Well, that's right? it. You got to have your team from the start. I mean, really, um, as quickly as you can, because it's so important. Uh, like you just said, um, you want that trifecta of awesomeness. You want the trifecta of awesomeness. <laughs> and then you also need friends. You need friends who, um, and you may get the divorce, your friends may get the divorce flu, which is what happens when someone in the, in the pod gets a, is going through a divorce. Everyone else is afraid they're going to catch divorce also. So oh, they, that's it. I've never heard it like that. Yeah. So they kind of back off, right? So they're like, ooh, but then you can find your new friends, people who have been through a divorce and talk to them. Find the yeah. people who are ahead of you in the process 
not to commiserate, right? This isn't like, let's get together and throw our exes under the bus. If you haven't figured it out by now, that's not where I'm at, right? I don't, I don't hold a grudge or ill feelings or anything like that. And so I certainly don't want to be like, well, you think your ex was bad. Let me tell you about my ex, right? It's not about that. Right. It's about, you know, here's where I am in the process. And it's like, oh yeah, I remember when I went through that and here's what happens. This, this will really help you. The therapist may prescribe, your coach may prescribe, you know, go to the gym, take on a new hobby. Like I always tell people that are going through divorce. It's like you get to do stuff and no one's going to tell you you're crazy. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? Like if you are a doctor, you're a heart surgeon and you're like, I don't want to be a heart surgeon anymore. I want to teach languages. You know, I want to teach English to (laughs) People in rural Spain, they're going to go, oh, yeah, I went through a divorce. It's totally fine. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? There is no situation like a divorce that allows you to redefine yourself. yourself, Redefine yourself. And if you got married and wanted to, um, you always wanted to be a police officer, right? But you you met your wife and she said, no, you're going to do something where you don't get shot at and blah, 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 right? And so now that's over. Go Go to the police academy. (laughs) Assuming they'll take you, yeah. (laughs) Assuming they'll take, yes, assuming you're not 74, but (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. There there might be some issues. But at the end of the day, if you've always wanted to do something and you haven't done it, now is a really good time. If you've always wanted to run a marathon or learn a language or go on a sabbatical or write a book or do something that being married prevented you from doing, or at least you thought that it did, now's a really good time to do that. And no one can tell you who you can be friends with or who you can't be friends with. Right. I um, really enjoyed the fact that I could make new friends and I didn't have a husband saying, why are you talking to that guy? Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the only thing I caution people, and I'd love to hear what your thoughts on yes, this, let's hear this is regarding the friends thing. I think friends and family are extremely important, obviously, for support going through a, a, a divorce. But I, I always counsel people and I say, you got to be careful with friends and family. They're biased, right? In your favor, yes. as they should be. So whatever advice they may be giving you is not going to be necessarily objective advice. Just understand that. And Correct. there's a tendency that people have, friends have, especially friends who have been divorced, um, if you have any of those that, you know, well, in my divorce, I got X, Y, and Z, so you should be getting that too. You're, you should be telling your attorney that you want that too. And it doesn't work like that. You know, divorces, there are no two divorces that are the same. And each one is fact sensitive. And so I said, do not listen. If your friends are telling you what you need to be doing or getting uh, in your divorce, whether it's, you know, alimony or uh, parenting time, custody, whatever it is, you got to take that really with a grain of salt and don't let it infect you. And because whatever happened in their situation is not your situation. Correct. Yes. Yes. Be, be, try to, as much as it's hard right now when everything is an emotional roller coaster, to take the legal advice from the lawyer, not from the amateur attorney. Right. Right. Like I, like I would play therapist with sometimes like, you know, the, your friends might play, Divorce attorney. Correct. (laughs) Yes. Take advice from the person who puts that, you know, when I I work with people to write books, right? And someone will say, well, how do I know if someone's an editor? And it's like, well, get their tax return. And if under job title, they put editor, that's who you hire. (laughs) (laughs) If it says English teacher or Starbucks barista, they might be fine, you know, students of the English language, but they are not editors. Take the take advice from the person for whom that is their profession, right? And listen to the person you're paying. You can always ask a question. I'm always open to someone who says, "Well, you know, so and so did this, this, and this. Could I use them?" And I'm always open to a question, as I would imagine in the role of attorney, you were open to a question. Someone mentioned to me that I might be able to ask for this. What is your professional legal opinion of that? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's when the friend or friends or family members start sure. getting in your head and taking you kind of off track mentally and emotionally from where you need to be going. Um, 
And, you know, it's, it's not- really a time really going through a divorce is a time when you circle the wagons with the people who are on your team and the people who aren't on your team, just keep them at arm's length. Right. Right. If and possible. Also, also, if you have children with your ex, you don't want everyone in your business about your business. It, it, right. You, I, I, this is my opinion and I'm only one person. So my opinion doesn't matter unless it matters. Right. And that is that whether, and we see this a lot in politics right now, where it's like, if you don't like the person, you feel like you can just say whatever you want to say. And at some point you have to respect the office. And my ex-husband was a military officer and he had some bosses, some captains that were unfavorable, right? Not (laughs) likable creatures. And I would say, how are you, how do you salute that guy? And he would say, I'm not, I'm not saluting the guy. I'm saluting the office. Right. Right. So at some point you have to say, I, I, he's not my husband anymore or she's not my wife anymore. So I don't have to be husbandly or wifely to them, but they are the father or mother of my children. And I want my children to be comfortable. I want my children to feel it's okay to talk about how much they love their daddy or their mommy. Or how much they want to see their daddy or their mommy. And so when you say, well, dad said this and you go, oh, and you roll your eyes. Yeah, that bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Then they feel uncomfortable because they are half that person. And they take that on. And so I think it's part of our job is to, you know, complain all you want. Throw that guy or that gal under the bus all you want in therapy or when you are on the phone with your girlfriend and your kids are at school or at their dad's or at their grandparents out of earshot. But my husband and I now have a, had a rule. We ha- we've been married for 10 years, but my daughter was seven when he and I started dating and eight when she got married. And right in the very beginning in the first three dates, when I said, you know, I have a daughter and I said, look, I just want to let you know, this has been a terrible, horrible situation, but I don't let my daughter in on the gig. And as much as she just knows things because things happen, right? But there will be no conversations about my ex-husband when my daughter is within the four walls of our home. Well, and that's a very mature, you know, approach. And I wish everybody kind of did it like that. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard, especially when something would happen. And I'm like, let's go for a drive. (laughs) Let's go for a drive. Right? Like, 911. Mom and dad are going. It's like a TV show. You want to break to commercial. Yes. Um, But, you know, we really really wanted to keep her um, feeling like she could could be – you know, she could love her dad and it was okay with us and that we encourage that. No, that's great. And I mean, that's excellent advice. And I, I think that applies to everybody. You know, it's just a matter of practicing it and, you know, executing it and, you know, thinking before you react, which is hard sometimes, um, you know, but if you take a breath, uh, you know, before you react or say something that you think may be inappropriate in front of your children, then um, that can go a long way. You know, the kids, I'm a firm believer, the kids should not be put in the middle um, of the divorce. The divorce is between you and uh, your spouse. And if you, for better or worse, had children together, well, that was your choice at the time. I'm sure you had good intentions when, you know, that happened. And the fact that you're getting divorced, you know, don't let that ruin your child's opportunity to love both parents. Well, and they grow up and they go, yeah, my mom's real bitter, bitter, right? I mean, I know people that are my age in their late forties and they'll say, yeah, my mom never remarried. She's still bitter pants about my dad. My dad's been remarried for 30 years (laughs) (laughs) and has nothing bad to say. They, they see it. Eventually they'll see it. When they get old enough. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to keep your side of the street. Yes. It's hard to keep your side of the street clean. really is. It it was not easy under any stretch of the imagination. When I would say things would happen, like I would say there were false allegations and the police would show up because he would say, my daughter's in danger and the police would show up. Right. And my daughter would be like, hi, nice to meet you. Right. To the police officer who was there to do a wellness check. I mean, there were things that happened that I couldn't shield her from because she was present. Right. But, but I would just say, wow, aren't those police officers awesome? They come to visit and make sure we're all well. 
That's a good spin. That's a good spin. Meanwhile, I'm hot, right? I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you're like, so, yeah, right. Um, and I would be too if I were in your position. I'm sure. Yes. Yes. So let so let's talk a little bit. You've written a book on divorce. Um, it, it's called uh, "If Divorce Is a Game, These Are the Rules." Yep. I, we're not going to have time to go through all of them, but I would love to touch on some of the more, you know, what are some of the more important rules that you feel people really need to pay attention to? Oh, gosh. Um, well, we've talked about w- rule number one, which is you will survive and be just fine. And we've talked about rule number two, two which is assemble the right team and get support. Right. Yeah, we covered that. Right. Um, so we talked about the bonus rule, which is if co-parenting is a game, these are the rules, right? So there's a a section about that. I think the, I think the one thing that, that probably we haven't talked about, but we've intimated a little bit, which is rule number three, you must heal and forgive and as soon as possible. Well, right. We haven't really delve, delve into that and we can, we can touch on a little more here. You know, so that's where therapy comes into play, though. No. Well, it, well, it is, but it's also where coaching comes into play too, because sometimes the the healing and forgiving is yourself. Because if you right. take one hundred one hundred percent responsibility and you say, "Well, I chose her," so there's no blame to be had. You still may have some, but I chose her. What's wrong with me? How could I have been, how could I have been so blind to pick someone who would be unfaithful or would steal or would lie or would be abusive? How could, what, what's wrong with me that I would do that? You have to forgive yourself too for your blind spots or, or overlooking or rushing or whatever, right? Whatever, whatever the thing is. Sometimes right. the healing and forgiving is of oneself. But at and what just letting it go. But at what phase in the process do you suggest people deal with that? Or do you find that that comes up? I mean, is that something that you deal with in the aftermath when you're, you know, you know, working on, you know, getting better, you know, mentally, emotionally before you look before you're ready for that next relationship? Is it during the process? What's your opinion on that? I think it's all of the above. I think it's it's easier to forgive when you're through it because there is no new, and you wouldn't believe what he did yesterday. Right. <laughs> I like, like sometimes it's like okay, uh, I've forgiven. It's all zen, and then the wheels come off the bus again. So then you have to, you know, it's like the the, the scab comes off the wound. I think it's a daily. I think uh, forgiveness. I, I say in the book, forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Because the other person doesn't know that you're mad. And frankly, they probably don't care. If you're well, they want you to be mad. Or they want you to be mad. Or they are, or they are doing things that they know are going to tick you off. You, they're supposed to come at five, so they come at four instead when you're not ready. Or they come at seven knowing that you probably had plans at 530. Yep. Right? Or they don't need the money. They don't. I, I talked to a guy recently whose ex-wife's new boyfriend makes quadruple what he makes but she's still getting her support yeah getting all the money she can get from him even though she doesn't need it and i was like well she's gonna need it because the new boyfriend you're not within the two years you're not outside of the two years (laughs) so (laughs) she's gonna need the money at some point trust me right (laughs) but it's hard to forgive when when you have a hard time making ends meet because you're still funding the life of someone who has left you for someone else in this particular example. But it's, you know, I say being upset with someone, being angry with someone or bitter or sad or whatever is like drinking poison and expecting them to die. Yeah, that's pleasant. <laughs> and But, but that's, that's literally, right? It's what it does to you. If you do any reading about what negative emotions do from a health perspective, it, decreases your immune system it makes you sicker it makes you age faster it makes it kills you, you. it literally kills you it literally kills you so for the love of everything that's holy including yourself 
just forgive them because it's you not being mad at them anymore, which is you not being mad and not having that anger inside your body, inside your mind, inside your system. They don't have to know you've forgiven them. You don't have to call them up and go, you know what? I've forgiven everything, which is not, which by the way, they take as it's a free pass to continue being naughty, (laughs) right? It's not about that at all. It's about you letting it go. It's like, it is what it is. It, it sucks. It's not what I wanted, but I'm going to go, and this is where your coach will come in handy, right? It's like, here's what I'm going to do from today going forward. And and you bring up a great point. And, and I say this all the time too. And I, th- I think you'll agree with me. You know, I, I say people, you, you can only control what you do. You can't control what your spouse does. And so you got to focus on you. you. You have to do you. Don't focus on them as much as you are because you're not going to be able to change them. So the forgiveness aspect of it, I think, is hugely important because it's such a powerful weapon for you um, because if you forgive them um, and you can kind of release that uh, from your from your body, like those toxins, the venom, whatever you want to call it, yep. you know, you are, you are now what's the word I'm looking for here? You're kind of releasing your spouse from having that power over you, which is what they want. Right. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of hate is, of, is not love, right? Love and hate are twin sisters. The opposite of both of those is apathy. Mm. When you can no more care about your ex than you do about the UPS guy, you are good to go. Yeah. I mean, literally, when you're just like, they are just another human, I mean, walking the planet, but you couldn't care less or more, then you're all set. That's the goal. Right. That's it's when like, you know you're right. Well, and you get on with your day, but it's like, you're not thinking about them, they're, they, whether they're thinking about you or you don't care. Right. And, and yeah. you don't let them, it's at that point where no matter how hard they try to push your buttons and get that reaction out of you, you, you are not letting them have that um, payoff. Right. So don't, so, so t- go on a fast, right? <laughs> like don't answer, you know, put your phone on, do not disturb. Don't get on Facebook to see what they're doing. Don't, don't stalk them on social media or drive by their house or see what they're doing or right. At some point you just have to disconnect from them which is so much healthier than staying in it's like watching the news every day what horrible thing happened today let me let me get caught up on all the things that happened today that i know are going to make me upset right i mean the nightly news i i've heard you know is probably the worst thing you can watch before you go to bed correct yeah watch something funny i remember after september 11th my daughter was was little um she was one in, in September of 2001. And I remember after watching the coverage all day for a couple of weeks, there was friends and everybody loves Raymond on from eight to nine at night. And so I'd put my daughter down and then I would watch an hour of happy television and then I would go to bed. Yeah. That's the way to do it. I just wanted something positive or happy, right? Laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to disconnect from the negative, then go do something that's positive. I mean, don't watch Terms of Endearment, <laughs> like or <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Um, watch all the, you know. Watch a full season of Friends, or you know, watch something that that you know. P- take a poll, like what's the funniest movie you've ever seen, or what's the co- best comedy routine ever, or you know something like put that yeah. into your mind. Listen to things that are positive and happy, like a podcast. For example, how about that? Like the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Yes. <laughs> like here's a resource right here. But it, it, it's all about good stuff in, good stuff out, or bad stuff in, bad stuff out. Put yourself on a mental diet, on a fast of everything to do with what's negative, and do your best to drink in and think about and hear about things that are happy and positive. Listen to good happy music. Watch good happy movies and TV shows. Read fun books, get yourself in that, you put yourself around fun people. Well, that's it. You got to, right. Whatever that means to you, find your happy place, you know, and um, that sounds as a cliche as it gets, but you know, it's true, you know, and you got to, because if you think, if you change the way you think, if you think positive, if you, if you 
uh, can rewire, you know, what's going on, then that will trickle down and affects, you know, all other aspects of your life too. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. This is good stuff. Um, we're almost out of time, but is there anything else that you think you need to share with people who are going through a divorce process that uh, we haven't touched on yet? You know, it could be, it could be anything. Oh, yes. Figure out what your needs are as a person. Um, I am a touchy-feely person, and my therapist was my, – my coach and my therapist were concerned about um, touch at, as I was going through my divorce. They said, you know, the right person touches you. You might just fall in love and be married in six months. And so what they recommended that I do was get a weekly massage. Interesting. So I fulfilled my need for touch. We, we all have need for um, love and touch and connection and laughter and friendship and right to to contribute. You figure out what your needs are and you get those needs met constructively. You won't meet them destructively. There are people who do take up destructive behaviors when they're going through a divorce to distract them from the pain. So it could be drinking or, you know, it could be drugs or alcohol or, or whatever. Right. Right. And and if you can have a moment of, of sanity and you can say, what do I need to do to take really good care of myself? Who do I need to start talking to more often? Who do I need to stop talking to altogether? What do I need to do? And so, you know, I mentioned after 9-11 watching the TV shows, but when I was going through a divorce, like I would put my daughter or I was already through my divorce and, you know, just kind of the aftermath, right? Those first two years, kind of a bloodbath in a way, right? Because it's just like, what happened? I have this young child. It's like, I, I, I'm in a new place to live. It's like, what's going on? Right. And so I, I started going to the gym more often. And every night before I went to bed, I would take a hot bath and I would read a novel and just kind of wind it down. I practiced meditation. I just started working on myself more. And then I found some friends. I, I found some new friends that I hadn't connected with before and made it a point to have a babysitter to come, you know, one evening a week so that mom could have some fun. Cause I worked full time entrepreneur. I was working a lot. Entrepreneurs work more than full time. Yep. And then I was momming. <laughs> right? That's full time. <laughs> yeah. And that is also full time. And I realized I just needed to do some things to take care of myself, protect your mental health. And everything to do with your mental and your physical health, it's really easy to get run down and to get sick, to do those distractor activities that are not constructive, that are destructive, and to then wonder why you feel bad. So figure out what makes you feel good in a constructive way and do more of those things and figure out what makes you feel bad and the things that are destructive and try to do as little of those as you possibly can. Well, right. And, and, and that's the key to kind of be self-aware of, you know, what's constructive versus what's destructive here, because sometimes I'm not so sure it's uh, when you're going through it. So visible, you know, Um, but that's why having the right team around you to kind of point you in the right direction or, you know, give you some ideas uh, is extremely important. And also to be tuned into you. They're going to notice if you lose 30 pounds in a month because you're not eating. Right. Yeah. That. You're not sleeping. Right. I mean, there, we all, we all are different. I tend to eat more, not less. So no one ever said, Oh, you've lost a lot of weight on. <laughs> right? And see, yeah, um, me like stress with me, I'll eat less. Um, ah, yeah. I, just, I feel like, I, yeah, I, I shut down. Right. So, so notice that or have someone on your team that's noticing that about you and will help you to take good care of yourself. And, and self-care is touchy. Self-care is one of those things where people go, well, that you're just being selfish. And at some point you have to be self-full. You don't have anything to give to anyone else if you're not full yourself and you're not filling yourself up with the things that fill you up. Yeah, no, and that's, that's your great. kids, you don't have anything to give your kids. If you're running on zero, I mean, our bodies are really the, the thing that we expect to keep running, even if we don't fill it up. But we wouldn't do that to something as you know easy as our car. 
or as simple as our car, we wouldn't be like, well, I'm out of gas, but I hope this thing just keeps on running. <laughs> I haven't had an oil change since 1975, but you know, I'm sure the engine's going to be fine. How far under E can we go? Yes. How far, how many miles do we have left really? <laughs> how yeah. far can we push it? But we don't really look at ourselves in terms of the same self-care and maintenance as we do even our own homes or our vehicles or our jobs. No, and it, but it's just as, just as important. And I kind of analogize it to, um, you know, I think we've all heard this before, you know, if, if you're in a flying in a plane and, you know, there's an emergency and the air mask go down and, you know, and you have your children sitting next to you, you, you better put the mask on yourself before Correct. you put the mask on That's your right. children um, right. because you can't help others until you help yourself. So That's right. That's yeah. right. Awesome. Well, this was really good. I think um, I hope everybody will find it very uh, engaging and informative. Uh, Honoré, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a lot of fun. It's been delightful. I hope we were helpful. Yep. I'll, I'll, we'll find out. <laughs> but, but, that, but I'm sure we were because, um, you know, we talked about a lot of good stuff. So, um, you know, it's good for people to hear it and hearing it from other voices is what, you know, makes it sink in sometimes. And so that's why, that's why I'm doing it this way. I love it. I love it. Well, thank Great. you for having me on the show. What a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you again. And I will uh, have to have you on sometime and we'll talk some more. Okay. I'll look forward to it. All right. What a great chat with Honoré. And I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. A lot of good nuggets in there, especially talking about that trifecta of awesomeness. I think we should all strive to achieve that and definitely use that as the foundation for forming your divorce team. Now, if you're interested in private divorce coaching one-on-one with me, then Divorce You was created as the ultimate divorce resource just for you. You can check it out on my website, jasonlavoy.com. Scroll down. And if you have any questions, just email me, jason at jasonlavoy.com. Other than that, that uh, does it for now. Remember, the episodes, new episodes come out every other Tuesday. So stay tuned. Subscribe to the show so you get all the new episodes when they come out. And I look forward to uh, publishing the next one. We've got a lot of great guests coming up soon. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. As always, I'm Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you soon. Music